0: It's one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. Now, Pastor Raymond Laddie. I want to share with you something today. Uh, I came up with kind of a clever little title, I thought. The worship of we ones in the womb. The worship of we ones in the womb. And of course, most of us hopefully know the story of John the Baptist when he came into the presence. He was in the womb of his mother. Elizabeth, and when Mary came in with the the Messiah, Jesus, in her womb, that John the Baptist leapt. He turned. I mean, he must have, it must have been unbelievable, And, and there's a reason for that, but yet it also tells us something about the importance of children, and so this is sort of a Christmas message, but it's also kind of a message for us as a society and us as parents, grandparents, expectant mothers, fathers. Uh, you know, all the above. So if you'll turn with me today to Luke chapter 1, starting verse 39, we're going to look at this because sometimes uh, there's nothing, obviously there's nothing like a baby. I mean, you just gravitate toward a baby. They're so new. They're cute. You see the characteristics of mother and father. You know, they're so, they're so pure at that point. Uh, they have a sin nature that they're born with, and that manifests itself as they grow and become... Uh, you know, more aware of what's going on, but yet something about a baby, you look at that little baby and you hold that precious little baby, that little baby's covered by grace until the conviction of the Holy Spirit that there's right and wrong, there's good and evil, there's Christ, there's Satan, there's hell, there's heaven, and that child or that adult sometimes makes that decision. But until that point, and I think it's different for different people based on, you know, physical psychological mental you know predispositions or whatever they're covered by grace Amen. if that baby something happens to that baby god forbid you know and it brings up the 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 uh the reality of abortion too why would satan mobilize so many forces to bring abortion to the forefront and be so successful at it not just since 1973 but even before then it was practiced not as proudly and as openly and as easily as it is uh, since then, why would Satan attack a child in the womb because that little baby that we want in the womb is already capable of worship they're already they already have a spirit they're they're especially at the point of of birth and as they grow they are I think in many ways in, in tune with God you might say on on, on certain levels so Uh, let's look at this scripture it's really beautiful Luke chapter 1 verse 39 and Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city a city of Judah and entered to the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth now Elizabeth was great with child with uh, a man who would become a wild man and he he was a wild man because he was wild for Jesus he knew that he was there to help pave the way for Messiah so this baby this this baby John the Baptist it says read on and it says it came to pass in 41 when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary the babe leapt in her womb meaning John the Baptist leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost now the picture that I have here and then we'll see a little bit later too is that what happens in the womb, that child's developing. You know, Psalms 139 tells us, Jeremiah 1.5 tells us about, you know, being chosen even before birth. God knowing us even when we were in the womb, even before we were in the, the womb because he's sovereign, he's all-knowing, he's omnipresent. And as he knits together, if you knit, if you say you're a, a you, you do crochet, if you knit together a blanket for a baby, that blanket has a purpose. You're going to use certain colors, right? If it's a boy, you're going to use blue. You're going to use camouflage. Who knows? You know, put little trucks on it or whatever it is. If it's a girl, it's going to be pink. It's going to have flowers. It's going to have, uh, you know, bright, beautiful colors uh, for that baby. You might even put that baby's name on there if you know the name of the baby. It's really a cool thing. Um, That's what God does when he knits together Using the DNA from the man, using the DNA uh, from the woman, he knits together this baby for a purpose. Now, there'll be a physical purpose, there'll be a, a, uh, 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 other purposes, but first and foremost is that child's, that baby's spiritual purpose in existence. So we need to remember that as we go through some of the scriptures. So John the Baptist come into the presence of Jesus who was being knit together in the womb but his DNA was perfect okay because he was uh, the the woman was used as a carrier as the uh you know the the uh the the holder of that baby but yet the that that baby was uh conceived by the holy spirit joseph was the the, the worldly caretaker or the the uh, the earthly father but There was a vast difference in the DNA and the spiritual makeup of John the Baptist and the baby Jesus and even in the womb because one was perfect, one was not. So that's why Jesus didn't leap when John the Baptist come in the room. That's why John the Baptist turned in the womb, leapt, kicked, put both arms out. We don't know exactly what he did when Jesus, even in the womb, come into the room because of that difference. And that that's important there so you know we when we have a baby coming and, and wonderfully if you hadn't heard the news we have a baby boy coming and uh for morgan and cody and i asked andrew i said uh did you ever think you'd have a nephew named long and he said god's got you know no he, he, he's still in shock y'all pray for him all right but that's wonderful news but we say, we you know, when that baby gets here, I'm preparing for that baby, and we are. You know, mothers start nesting and preparing the bed and the clothes, and it's a wonderful time. You know, men are nervous and praying, hopefully, and all those things. We prepare for that baby, and once that baby is born, we begin to raise that baby. Let me tell you something. That baby, you're raising that baby now. Not just physically as that baby's being knit together in the womb, but how you pray for that baby. How the, the music that that baby is subject to even within while it's within his mother's womb Amen. has tremendous psychological but more importantly spiritual impact on that child here that that baby is going to know Cody's voice pretty quickly That baby's going to know his mother's voice very quickly. And Lily's been a choir member since we knew Lily was coming, and you can see that when Lily gets in the choir. She's a natural. She heard singing while she was yet in the womb. Not just singing, but these words she hears over and over again, or she heard over and over again, and she will from here on, hopefully. Names like Jesus. Words like God. You see, it's been proven scientifically that a baby can recognize words even in the womb and then can put that together even outside the womb. I'm not saying they know the alphabet. I'm not saying that they know they uh, can spell. Obviously, they cannot, but they have a propensity to recognize the sound, the unction, the enunciation of those words so they're all ready when they burst on the scene of this earth and that baby's born they already know more than we think about spiritual things they may not know the spiritual so much as the words but it's all a, the building blocks of running into God knowing God from an early age so what I'm trying to tell you is you say well I'm busy you know preparing for the baby and getting myself right and all that and you are Start praying for that baby now. Be careful, especially late term, what you listen to on the radio or on your iPod or whatever. That baby's going to become familiar with those things. You say, oh, preacher, that's a stretch. No, it's not. No, it's not. The Bible clearly teaches us this. Did not Jacob and Esau fight in the womb before they were born? Rebecca was carrying two nations, the Bible tells us. Rebekah was carrying two nations. One would be Esau. It says he was born red-looking. I don't know what that means. He, was, uh, he had a unique appearance. He was kind of a wild man. He would become the father of the Edomites and the Amalekites, nations that today are still fighting on the outside but with massive armies with massive technology. You see those Hamas fighters now surrendering because they're facing the might of the IDF and God's chosen people. That, a lot of that started, of course, with Abraham and Sarah, but also with uh, Rebecca and Isaac here. They were fighting in the womb. You see the correlation I'm making between how we approach a child in the womb, whether or not we're in church, and how that baby will come into life on a better footing, How that baby, that child, what I'm saying is what we, you know, the, the, the womb can be prophetic, how you pray over that child, praying for that child's salvation, being there for the mother. You know, there's babies in our society that while they're in the womb, they never hear the voice of a, of a man, i.e. they never hear the voice of their father because he's not there. It affects a baby. That it's going to affect them in society. That's going to affect them spiritually. That's going to affect them in every way you can think of. You see, the child in the womb is very much alive. Here's why we see Satan attack the womb like he has, and children being just a problem to a lot of people. That's why we deal with what we deal with in Awana, because they've been made just products of, of uh, relationships that are not in God's way of having relationships, and there are, a lot of them are unwanted, and they're abused, and they're, they're, they're not nurtured as God would have them to be nurtured. They're not, uh, and we try our best to fill that gap. It's tough. It makes it hard sometimes. But see, all that starts when that baby is on the way, and where the mother and the father are spiritually with God, are they in God's will? You see, the the, the the destruction of the family's been glorified. And I know things happen, and I'm not judging anybody, but the destruction of the family's been glorified. You know, doing the hard work and as a mother and a father, as a husband and a wife, is dispensable now. So it affects the children, and it begins in the womb. It affects the children, and it begins in the womb. So it says in verse 42, going back to the scripture after John the Baptist, uh, I, he must have just turned a flip It's the best thing. I, I remember uh, we, I'd be sitting there with Amy when both Nathan and Katie were very close to being born at their respective times, and you'd see the imprint of a foot. She'd say, uh-oh, the baby's moving. And I put my hand on there, and that little baby's in there doing somersaults and calisthenics and aerobics. and Amazing. And sometimes when there's more noise, they'll move more because they're hearing that noise. If you sing to a baby, if you play soothing music to a baby in the womb, gospel music, it's going to affect that baby. They're going to be a little more, they're going to know what the words God and Jesus at least sound like. And then that's going to equate later on, if we continue to do our jobs with the Lord's help into them, Realizing that Jesus is just not a funny sounding word, but he's a, he's a life giving, living person. He's God, you see, and the answer for them and their eternity. That's, it's important stuff here now. Um, so I want to go on back to Psalms. This is an interesting verse. I've never read this, never looked at this. Well, I have read this, but it takes on new meaning here. You know, Psalms chapter 8. Let's just read, start with verse 1. I really like the nine verses here. O Lord, our God, this is Psalms chapter 8. O Lord, our, our Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who hast set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger a child is a source of strength and God says that he will strengthen children that he will use them as a source of strength you know I never much like having to get up and go to work I don't think most of us do right I mean it it gets tough I mean we enjoy our jobs but we get tired a child and that little baby looking at you and being dependent on The food you bring in, keeping a roof over their head and doing all those things, motivates you to get up and go to work. It really does, or at least it should, because you want what's best for that child. You want them to be comfortable. You want them to grow up healthy. You want them to have a right sense of of right and wrong. All of that leads to the most important part, is a foundational uh, of the most important part of their existence, is their spiritual well-being. We don't often key on that, do we? We want them to, to have a, 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 you know, we want them to do well. We want them to be successful financially. We want them to, but we end up putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. You know, that child in the womb is so important. And now's the time to begin to pray for that child. I would go as so far as to sit there if you want to, if you have time. You know, people are different. People see things differently. Sit there and read the plan of salvation to that baby. You say, that baby's going to have no idea. Well, I don't know. That baby's going to be smart enough, especially late turn to pick up on those things. And when that baby's born and continues to hear that, it's going to be that much more susceptible to the gospel and to coming to know Jesus by faith. I'm telling you today, the womb is so important. That child in there is so important. And while our society has marginalized or even eliminated that, God calls us back to a baby that he fought for. God calls us back to a baby that he used the very angels of heaven to surround and tell them to flee to Egypt when the abortors of the day, Herod and others, were after that child. God can do that with our children. He will do that with our children. That's why home life and what they're subject to is so important. That's why if they don't have the greatest home life, that we still love them. And as a church, we try to love them and teach them the gospel message. And we do it. We get to a point when we do it because we feed them, not just by words and not just with the scriptures and spiritually, but we may need to feed them. Physically, we do that. Jesus did that, didn't he? A, a, a full stomach, you're going to listen better, and you're going to be able to think more clearly. You're going to be more susceptible to the words uh, of of Christ, of, of the Scripture. So that's what we try to do in Awana and on Wednesday night. And I think we do a good job of it, but we need to continue to pray for them. The womb. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. You see, Jacob uh, or... Uh, uh, Isaac and Esau, Esau would, Jacob and Esau would quarrel in the womb. It says one would grab the other one's heel, that it would be subservient to the other. You see, what goes on there can be prophetic. If we pray over our children in the womb uh, for God's will to be done in their lives, they're going to find that that much easier. So he goes on to say, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. I want to turn over to Psalms 139 really quickly. Verse 1, Psalms 139, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me, Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising, thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and hath laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. But the night shineth as of the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious are your thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them. So we have some vivid, beautiful language there of God being in control of a baby. The baby's composition, it's, but we have a lot to do with that as far as its spiritual composition. So we should pray for those children. We should be mindful what we do because of what God is doing in the womb. We should pray for that child. We should bring that baby into church to hear the choir. We should, uh, whether be born or unborn at this point, we should do all these things because it's vital. It can mean the difference for them between heaven and hell. You see, a babe was curiously wrought, very curiously, I might add, in the womb of a woman named Mary so that we would have hope and a future beyond this life. You see, he was wrought to go to the cross. His DNA had to be perfect. His blood set apart to be shed from the timbers and the nails of that cross so that our imperfect DNA, our imperfectness, both physically and spiritually, most importantly, could be made whole. All those holes could be plugged. All those blemishes could be washed. All those impurities and iniquities could be cleansed by the shed blood of Jesus. My mom and daddy... Their mom and daddies, although they're not perfect, had a lot to do, everything to do with, with God uh, obviously in the forefront with who I am today. So it is with our children and how we raise our children. There was, I'm not perfect and they're not perfect, don't get me wrong, but that baby, once we know that baby's conceived and on the way, and they say, yeah, you're you're going to have a baby. That little baby's going to be a boy. You see, the pieces are put together. And through technology, we can see what goes on there. How God works so miraculously in a hidden place. And God can use that child miraculously for the world to see so that Christ might be glorified, so that the people might be edified, so that many can be brought to the gospel. And that can be done in many ways. Preachers, uh, any profession, any good and right thing can be used for God's glory. We talked about that in our youth group the other night. Whatever God leads us to do, he's wrought us together for that in the womb, to be used for a little while here on earth. You see, we're, we're here for a little while, and then we cease to exist physically but we come into perfection spiritually. We have that new body in a place called heaven. So much of the destiny of your child rests on where you're at with God right now. You say, well, I don't have children, or I've already had my children. Heck, I've got grandchildren that's got children. Maybe you're in that. You're still not excused from the impact that you can have on them in the name of Almighty God so that Christ may be glorified. God is using you. I saw Carol holding uh, baby Lily this morning. You see, that's, that's something right there. That's one of those blessings that God blesses us with, one of those uh, uh, little snippets of abundant life that he tells us about. And uh, it's a wonderful thing because Miss Carol and Larry and many others here, all of you here have great impact on these children in one way or the other. But we need to pray For our babies, we need to pray for our children. They may be big babies now. We need to pray for them. And we need to read the word with them. We need to make sure we get into God's house with them uh, pretty regularly. We need to do these things or they may not reach their full potential. God's grace and mercy covers a multitude of wrongs, but yet it's so important that we see how valuable they are and that we do all that we can. To see them come to the full will, the full fruition that God has planned for them, that He has knit them together for, it's that important. Jesus was meant, came into Earth as a child and grew as a human, yet 100% as God, for one purpose: the cross in you, the cross in you, to bring glory to the Father, to buy back that those that have been separated from Him by sin, so that we might have a future, a purposeful and a hopeful future heaven. So I want to encourage you today. These children are so precious. The wee ones in the womb can and do worship. They're predestined to do that. You see, there's a, there's a part of the brain that's going to worship something. They've set that apart scientifically as well. We, we're going to worship something. We're going to give our attention, our love, our resources, uh, to something whether it be God which is where it's meant to go through Christ Jesus or some worldly object that leads down the wrong road and we find out that in the long run there's no benefit there for us it's our job our calling to point our children and those who haven't heard the gospel no matter what their age to Christ so the, the utmost work before us today the utmost work. God's not, so, God's not so preoccupied with us saving this nation, which I think probably is, is uh, from a political standpoint, which I think at this point is probably not possible. He is still about the work of salvation for the, the, the winning of the souls of those that don't know Jesus. And I, I fear so many times that's on the bottom of our list. That's on the bottom of our to-do list. So let's pray about that. Let's pray for these unborn children. Pray that number one, they would be spared, and that they might come into contact with the grace of with grace and mercy of Christ through a church, through a foster family, through whoever it may be that God ordains in His uh, wisdom, that they might come to understand that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that there's a purpose. There's a purpose. Uh, I had a a Wednesday night, and I'll close with this. We had kind of a group uh, devotion. And I talked about Simeon and how he held the baby Jesus up. Now, Simeon was a proud Jew. Jesus was born as a Jew, uh, a Jewish child. But how Simeon had had such a God-given vision, he was so godly, and he had such foresight that he held that baby and said, this is a light not only unto the Jews but unto the Gentiles. And I talked about that. And uh, I asked some of the, the, the children, I said, uh, what nationality was Jesus? And one of them raised his hand and said, he was a Mexican. I said, well, no, he probably wasn't. He was, a, he was a Jewish man, but I see where you're coming from. But I said, the good news is he wasn't Scotch-Irish like I am. He was Jewish, but he loves all peoples. Yeah. Simeon was saying he's come not only to save the Jews, but he's come to save the Hispanics and the Europeans, and the Africans, and all men. And he, their eyes just lit up. You see, that's what it's all about. Those kids need to know that because what they see on their phones and their tablets is division and hate and all these things. But they need to know that Jesus came to save all men, including them, to save all who would come to faith in him and receive the gift of of salvation. So pray for them. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for the unborn. Let's pray for the little tiny ones who are going to have to grow up in this world. We're here to shield, protect them, and to teach them because somebody done it for us. Amen? Somebody done it for us. Thank you so much for listening to the services from Calvary Baptist Church. To hear more of this sermon or other past services, please visit our website, calvarybcgainesville.org. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. Hello.